This is Tasha Calvert, and you are listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Radical Radiance Podcast. I'm Rebecca George, your host, and I'm excited to talk all about the four themes of Advent with you in our series called Prepare Him Room. This is episode one, all about hope. We've got a fantastic guest joining us today, Tasha Calvert, the Women's Director at Preston Wood Baptist Church. Tasha's wisdom will be such an encouragement to you. A quick reminder, if you're looking for a meaningful way to journey through Advent this year, join us by ordering Prepare Him Room, Radical Radiance Interactive Advent Devotional on Amazon today. It's designed to lead you through these four conversations with journal prompts, scripture for reflection, discussion questions, and fun activities and recipes you can use this Christmas season as you prepare room in your heart to celebrate the birth of Jesus and what his earthly ministry means for us today as followers of Christ. So let's jump right into this conversation about hope. But before we do, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of the amazing conversations we're having here at Radical Radiance. Now, Let's get ready for an amazing conversation. Help me welcome your friend and mine, Tasha Calvert, to the show. Tasha, I am so excited to welcome you to Radical Radiance. Thank you for being with me today. Oh, I am so honored to be with you, Rebecca. This is going to be fun. I know. I'm super excited to kick off our Advent series with a conversation about hope with you. I have just loved getting to know you. I had the honor of being on your podcast when my debut book, Do The Thing, came out earlier this spring. And so I'm so happy that that connected us. And I wanted to introduce you to my listeners this time. And so I'm super excited about the conversation we're going to have about hope. But before we do that, will you give everybody kind of your your elevator pitch intro of who is Tasha? Absolutely. That's always a fun question, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I am a women's minister and I was a women's minister in my home long before I was a women's minister on staff at Prestonwood Baptist Church because I have four daughters and they are all over the map. Two of them are married and one of them is heading into college in a couple of months, graduating early. And then one of them just started middle school this year. So I wow. am literally just all things to all people at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, I write and, uh, and film Bible studies. I'm big on biblical literacy. So we've done 10 or 11 of those at our own church. Several of those are optioned on Right Now Media. And um, I do some training with Lifeway. And so I am just, I tell you what, if it has to do with ministering to women and helping women become equipped in God's word. I am all about it. So, so that's kind of my elevator pitch. What really gets me up in the morning, gets my blood going. I love that. I love that so much. And that is exactly why I wanted you to join us for this special series that we're doing. And so, like I said, we're kicking off this first episode to talk all about hope And before we jump too deep into hope, uh, there's a couple questions I'm asking all of our guests that are coming on this series. And the series itself is called Prepare Him Room. So it's always on my heart and, and thinking about how am I... How am I preparing my heart to celebrate Jesus's birth and what that means for us as followers of Christ today? And so I wonder when I say that phrase, what's maybe bubbling up in your heart? What's coming to mind that maybe needs to shift or focus in order to make space for all God wants to show us during this Advent season? Okay, I'm going to go to kind of an unnatural place. And so I I want you to bear with me. 
Okay. Because, you know, I knew we were going to be talking about hope. And I am such an Old Testament junkie. Like, I just love the big, big God, big stories of the Old Testament. And I just, my mind kept being drawn to the book of Joshua. And now I've studied the the book of Joshua fairly in depth. But I was just thinking about how the Israelites are coming off a season where they've they've seen God deliver them from Egypt. They've been in the desert for 40 years. They've got this hope. They're holding on to something that's coming. And that thing mm-hmm. is is what God had promised Abraham was mm-hmm. that he was going to give them lands. He was going to give them a nation. And, and so they are looking into the promised land. And in some ways, I just feel that's that's kind of similar to us. You know, us. We, are, yeah. we are looking forward to something that is coming, but it just doesn't even seem like a reality. And especially as as culture devolves and as things get more difficult and grumblings of the earth and rumors of wars and all those things are we're dealing with here, it feels it yeah. feels similar to a desert. And so I was just thinking about what did hope look like for them? And I was mm-hmm. thinking about three things. I was thinking about how in the book of Deuteronomy, we kind of always characterize that as Moses' swan song. Like he gives them these sermons and it's really just a call to remembrance. Remember who God is. Remember his words. Remember his faithfulness. And and then we see them go with Joshua. Of course, Moses is not uh, allowed to enter into the promised land and they go and Joshua is their new leader. And as they get ready for battle, you might remember, I always find it so funny to me, like they're getting ready to go and take this land and claim their promise. And God says, okay, spiritually consecrate yourself, get your knives out. And you're thinking, okay, sharpen them up because you're going into battle. And it's like, no, circumcise yourself. And so I was just thinking about those three things. And I was thinking about how, for me, during this season, hope looks like remembering who God is, remembering yeah. his words. It it looks like being spiritually consecrated. Yeah, I mean, reminding myself that it's not about all the peppermint mochas and the cool decorations and the great the great christmas gifts and the fun things we're gonna do it's it's not about that it is about being spiritually consecrating being in Mm. anticipation Mm. of what is coming the savior and then it looks just very practically cutting away some of the things that um that don't belong in my wow. life yeah. during this time. And, um, you know, seasons, I'm kind of a seasonal type of person. And so anytime I take a moment to really spiritually get my heart in the right place, that always involves kind of making room, getting some things out of the way, unfortunately, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so uh, so that's kind of where my mind went when you I said love hope. That. That's so practical. I love those three things that we can kind of even journal about. So in our interactive Advent devotional that we're going to be doing based off this series, we're going to have some space prepared for that so that listeners can kind of think about that in their own lives, right? And and kind of walk through that with the Lord leading up to this Advent season in the very first week. So I love that we started there because those are three really great prompts based off scripture that we can we can go back and kind of walk through to prepare our hearts for the Advent season. I love that. The Rebecca's Reads book for December is A Warrior Mama's Prayers, A Year of Praying Scripture Over My Child by Bethany Kimsey. 
Praying for your children is vital, and Bethany gives you a guide of prompts, scripture to reflect on, and space to journal as you dedicate time in prayer for your kids. You'll pray for the gospel to bear fruit, for their character, the spiritual battles they will face, and more. Get your copy of A Warrior Mama's Prayers by Bethany Kimsey, or grab a copy as a Christmas gift for your favorite mama on Amazon today. Are you looking for the perfect planner and journal for your time with Jesus? I want to share Wholehearted's Quiet Time Companion with you. Keep all of your prayer lists, memorization goals, learning notes, daily journal entries, and more neatly organized. I have used the Quiet Time Companion for a long time and can personally speak to how it has drawn me deeper into the delight of spending time with Jesus each day. Go grab one for yourself or for your best friend as a Christmas gift by visiting wholeheartedquiettime.com and use the code, all caps, REBECCA20 today. So as we think about hope, I think sometimes there are words in, you know, our, that we see, that we find in scripture that we think, man, that feels a little hard to define. Like, how do I define joy? For instance, we're going to talk about joy here in a couple of weeks. Hope, I think, is another one of those words that feel like we know what it feels like to place our hope in God. We know kind of what that word means, but how do we actually put words to it, right? And so I was thinking back on just a sermon that my husband preached not all that long ago, and he was talking about hope, and he defined it as this. This was helpful for me. So he said, I would define hope as a certain expectation of a positive future reality based on the promise of God. Ooh, that's good. A certain expectation of a positive future reality based upon the promise of God. A shorter version of that would be transcendent trust in God. Mm, That's really good. Transcendent trust in God. And so I wonder when you hear those phrases... What comes to mind for you? Would you define hope differently? Would you add anything to that? What's coming to mind as I read those? I mean, I, first of all, I think that's really beautiful. So kudos to your husband. Please pass that along. <laughs> um, but you're exactly right. It's kind of an abstract concept. But I yeah. think the thing that stands out to me as you were even defining it and reading it is something unwavering. Yeah. Something, um, you know, there's a lot of things just quite practically, Rebecca, that I put my hope in. I mean, you know, sure. there's um, there's there's just, you know, fine. If we put our our hope in finances, like we hope that check is going to come every month because that's what we are planning on to pay our bills and to operate in our families and, you know, use to accomplish the things we're looking to accomplish. So there's just a lot of things that we are hoping on that can change like that. And I think, Mm. you know, being the age I am having daughters that are grown and having lived quite a bit of life, I will tell you, very little surprises me anymore. And there's a lot of things, quite honestly, that I have put my hope in that have just not come through at times. And in, you know, maybe in my 20s, it would have been hard for me to think that's really true, but it it is. And Mm -hmm. so I think the beautiful thing about the hope we have in Christ and the hope that we can hold on to this Advent season is that it's unwavering it is outside of 
any of the circumstances here. In fact, I think of it, that verse like in Romans 12, 12, and it says rejoice in hope. But then what does it say mm. right after that? Be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And I think that kind of sums up what you see yeah. our hope is, that we are we rejoice in it, we have it, it's firm, but mm. it is going to come alongside of tribulation, That's and right. it is going to be upheld by constant prayer, That's and right. um, and it, which just basically says like, don't look outside. Don't you mm-hmm. are going to be in this? I mean, it's what it's just what Scripture says. In this world, you're going to have trouble, yeah. but fear not. I've overcome the world. So when you stay in constant communication, that vertical relationship, when that mm-hmm. stays firm, then that hope that is transcendent, that hope that is unwavering, well, we can rejoice in that because it is not going to be dependent on anything going around us. Because listen, there are people, this season is super hard for some people. I That's mean, right. you know, that there's a lot of, we, we like to sing joy to the world and all the things, but there's a lot of people that don't find joy in their world right now. Yeah. And, um, but they can, like Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in that hope. And yeah. so, um, it's really, it's just that that upside down economy of God that yeah. it is just different in his kingdom. That's true. That's so good. Well, and one of the things that we're kind of walking through in all of these conversations, and you just touched on it, is what gets in the way of yeah. us being able to experience hope and us being able to place our hopefully in God, right? And so, I mean, I think it, it is anything less right like that's that's the easy answer or everything less yeah everything and anything (laughs) less a lot of room in the notebook for that that's right yes discouragement winter i have like the winter seasonal depression yes me too so many things get in the way of it yes i agree i agree and i think for me and i wonder if there's something that rises to the top for you for me I think being a pastor's wife, being heavily involved in ministry inside the local church and having a family, having friends that I want to celebrate with, all of that stuff that's yep. added on to our already full lives, the oh, busyness yeah. of of that throws me off kilter. Yeah. And I think that's one of the main things that might get in the way of me experiencing hope or mm-hmm. having the ability to hope in God. So I wonder, is there something that rises to the top for you in that lesser things list? You know, I think for me, it would probably be something kind of specific to my role. And that is that um, I have my own discouragements in life. You know, I've got a family. Yeah. We we live a very real life. So that has yeah. ups and downs. Um, because of what I do and how many women I minister to, I hear an inordinate amount mm. of of hard things. And so I think there are times, and I've shared this very publicly and, and very transparently, there are times I will sit, I mean, I'm in my office right now recording, and I will sit across from a woman that's literally just, you know, right off camera, telling me some really, really hard things. And I will think, I will so often pray, God, that is too much. That is, yeah. what am I going to tell her? And um, and so I think sometimes if I'm not careful to really um, be prayed up, to really be mm-hmm. focused on who God is, I can get 
pulled sideways to remind myself how bad things are here. Yeah. And, um, and time upon time, when I am sitting in those situations, praying that the Lord would just give me something, give me something to tell this woman, some string of hope, if you will, mm-hmm. for her to hold on to. And every time it's always then that God reminds me, she can hold on to me. You don't have to have the right words. Ooh. You're not going to have the answers, but yeah. you can give her me. And I got yeah. this with her. I can enable her to get through that hard situation. And so yeah. I think I think that's where I tend to struggle is just knowing there's, you know, more than the stuff at, that I deal with. So many people are dealing with stuff and hearing all about it's hard. Yeah. But but God knew that. He, yeah. He prepared us for that. It yeah. didn't catch him off guard. Yeah, that's right. And that's. I love that you shared it in that way, Tasha, because just as you feel that way in your role within the church, there are people listening who are school teachers and have students who are walking through difficult circumstances. There are small group leaders within local churches who are sitting across from women who have hard stories and they're walking through this Advent season with them. And I love that encouragement that we're not, we're not pointing them to anything that we have to say that's good advice. We are pointing them to the hope that can only be found in God. And so I think that just gives my heart so much comfort and encouragement to know that like pressure's off, right? Yes, yes. And so that's, I hope that's just such an encouragement to everyone listening. Um, And on that note, you know, it's, it's so hard when you're preparing for a topic that feels so big, like hope to think like, man, what scriptures do I want to kind of unpack and talk about? And so we would be here till like next Advent if we were to unpack <laughs> everything related to hope. But there were a few scriptures that just really, um, that God just really put on my heart as I was praying through this episode. And one of them is this passage in Romans 5 where Paul is kind of outlining this path to hope for a Christ follower, kind of what it looks like for us. And mm-hmm. as we have already stated, it often involves hard things like suffering and endurance. And so I'm going to read this passage for us. It's Romans 5 verses 1 through 5. And Paul says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So as I kind of read that that path to hope, how have you seen that be true in your life as you've developed in that area of hope? I think, I mean, a hundred million different ways, and I'm not yeah. just saying that to be dramatic. Uh, again, I think having raised children to the age that I've raised them, I have seen just different little things. You know, it's one thing when you're going through something, and even when your children are little and they go through things, mm-hmm. I think you kind of think of that as your thing that you're going through because your sure. heart just like is so much invested in them. But then to see them get older and see they're going to have to kind of 
wrestle through their own things. And um, so I have seen God be faithful a hundred different ways. My my oldest daughter, she uh, she was born deaf and she has, uh, she struggled. She's had hearing aids all of her life. She had a cochlear implant earlier this year, um, feels called to the mission field. Like just mm-hmm. how God used all of that, all of the suffering, all of the things that she had to endure in different seasons of her life to prepare her to have the heart to see people and care about people. And as she would describe long for heaven in a way that people that maybe are a little more whole in their bodies don't feel. I mean, I I can see that as being hope that she has tangibly held onto the hope that one day she's going to be fully healed, healed. Mm. Um, So, I mean, there's that, those types of instances, but then I just even think, how many times I, I love that that part in in the passage I'm looking at it right now where it says um, endurance produces character, character produces hope, hope does not put us to shame. I just think how many women struggle with shame because yeah. they had put their hope in in a husband or a family or a child or a career and something goes wrong and they it crushes them. It crushes them because mm. their hope was in that. That was their identity. It was what they were holding on to. It's what they they stood upon, what they felt firm in. And I just think of of a hope that that can coincide with the suffering and the the difficulties of life and yeah. yet not put you to shame that when when the enemy might have some you know some victory over you when you have some things some crushing blows that there's not shame with the hope that we have in Christ because it's firm yeah. to stand on and it produces yeah. something like yeah it may knock us down for a little bit but it's going to produce something that is for our mm. good for the building of the kingdom and so it's just, it's beautiful to see how God takes all of the brokenness, all mm. of all of the things, the the sin that has entered this world, the free will that we have to to yeah. mess things up, quite honestly, and how yeah. He can redeem it and make it something beautiful, something that does not uh, mm. produce shame, and something that gives us something to hold on to as we look forward to to his kingdom coming it's yeah. it's remarkable honestly it is and as you're saying all of that it's reminding me of the passage of scripture we talk about all the time here on radical radiance psalm 34 particularly verse 5 where it says those who look to him those who place yep. their hope in him are radiant and their faces are never what covered in shame yes right why yes. was moses's face glowing with the glory of god when he came down off mount sinai after spending 40 days and nights in the presence of god why was he glowing because he had been in the presence of god right. not because of right? him but because no. of god exactly yes yes and so in the same way our hope it's not void of those hard things but Mm-mm. in those hard things we are able to place our hope in him and so yeah, I just, I love that reminder. So powerful. And one of the other passages that I wanted to cover today that I'm just super encouraged by, again, with Paul, yeah. um, is his words in Second Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18, that just remind my heart that this isn't it. 
And although we experience a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of suffering, this side of heaven, we can take heart that God is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to read these three verses, verses 15 through 18 for us. Okay. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, like we just talked about, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so I wonder, as you know, we all walk into this Advent season and we all want to see hope rightly, how, how are you focusing your eyes on Jesus in the midst of hard things? And what are you clinging to, right? Like as you yeah. walk into this season. Okay. So I'm a Bible teacher. And this fall with our ladies, uh, we have been doing the book of Nehemiah. I know I'm back oh, in the I Old love Testament. Nehemiah. You're, love you're, it. You and Paul are walking closely, and me in the Old Testament, we're walking yep. closely. I love it. So, I love Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is so incredible. But let me tell you where literally I have just referred back to so many times. Nehemiah, verse 220. Now, let me set up the context. Nehemiah is part of the remnant that God has um, saved, basically, and he has been in exile. And now we're under the Persian, you know, in exile of Babylon. We're now under the Persian kingdom, and he is a cupbearer to the king, and he gets word that Jerusalem is basically in shambles. The wall's been torn down. The temple's in disrepair. The people are scattered, and he's heartbroken, and he prays and feels like God has called him to go and rebuild this wall. And he gets permission from the king to do that. And he gets there. And guess what? There are some enemies. They do not Mm -hmm. want him doing what God has called him to do. And so there is some opposition. And so even though he has permission, even though he is clear on his calling, he has Sanballat and Tobiah that are standing over them while they're building the wall. And they are yelling and mocking them and just affirming all the things that probably they are already apprehensive about. You're going to build this wall. Who made you a carpenter? You know, how are you going (laughs) to? All these things. Okay. And I struggle with that too. But I love how in Nehemiah 2.20, this is what he says. Uh, Nehemiah says, the God of heaven will make us prosper and we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no portion or right or claim in Jerusalem. Okay, now mm-hmm. bear with me for a minute. We too, as people of God, as people looking for that second advent, that advent when That's Christ right. comes to come. Christ comes again. We are looking towards the new Jerusalem. Okay. And what I want to tell you, what I hope encourages someone today and what I am clinging to during this season is that God has called us to build some things here. And you know what it is? It's his kingdom. It's his kingdom. And that is not going to go away. That is an eternal investment. And The people and the opposition and the things that we are up against here on this earth, the things that seem insurmountable, the sin that we have to overcome, the the things that are going on around us in a fallen world that we we -hmm. feel helpless to really make like headway against. What I want to say is we are building 
something God has called us to build. He's going to cause us to prosper. And one day when we are in that new city of Jerusalem, the things and the enemies of this world will be no more. They will have no portion, just like they had no portion in what Nehemiah was doing and what God had called him to do. And so I just think of this hope that we Mm -hmm. have, that we build. Yes. And listen, that was hard. And I think that's encouraging too, because there are just days that Serving God is hard. I mean, Rebecca, is, is, hard. is serving God hard for you too? Yes. <laughs> okay, see? Yes. <laughs> it's yes. just, yeah, life is hard. Serving God is hard. And so to know that, listen, keep building. You know, there's a yeah. point in the in the book of Nehemiah where the Israelites are building with their tool in one hand and a sword in the other because it's like offense and defense. And listen, yeah. So in some ways, we are going to have to duke it out while we're still here. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. going to be working and building and praying and, and fighting mm-hmm. our sinful tendencies and fighting the enemy. But God, the God of heaven, will cause us to prosper. And one day, we have the hope of heaven, the hope of seeing the the investment, the kingdom that we have built here on earth. And that excites me. That excites me me too. That excites me too. And I love that you brought up the second advent because I could not talk about hope and not read Revelation 21 over us and talk about Jesus's promised return, the second advent, that regardless of what we experience, this side of heaven, we get to hope in and and anticipate and look forward to. And so I'm going to read Revelation 21 verses one through five for us. And it says, When I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Man, that just gives me chill bumps to read yeah. and to look yeah. forward to. And and I wonder, as I read that, like what stirs up in your heart when you hear me read that? The thing, the thing that stirs up in my heart, I think the most, and this is again, just kind of a personal thing, it's yeah. the no tears. It, yes. I just think, I mean, Rebecca, so many tears. Again, I'm sitting here in my office and looking at chairs that so frequently women sit in. And there's, listen, there's a thousand reasons that they come in with tears in their eyes. It could be their marriage. It could be a prodigal child. It could be repentance over a sin issue. It could be tragedy. It could be grief. It it could be the loss of, I mean, I I could, the list is literally endless endless of the, the, the tears that this life elicits from us. And so it's almost unfathomable for me to think 
of a world, a, a heaven with no tears. I know. Where those have been wiped away. I mean, come Lord Jesus. That's, yes. that's, I think, what I feel when I hear that. There's just so much suffering, so many things. And if yeah. you are in a wonderful season, then praise God. And that's the beauty. I mean, those are little glimpses of heaven. I love how Jen Wilkin always talks about re-Edenizing. Yes. Like, as believers, we should be re-Edenizing the world. And we get to see some really cool things. And so I don't want to be all doom and destruction. But the idea that there will be a a heaven with no yeah. cancer and no grief and no car accidents yeah. and no divorce and... I, Praise Jesus. I I, I long for that. I long for that too. And it is bringing and stirring up in me too when I read that passage and I think about just for the rest of all eternity, praising God and our pain being wiped away and tears being no more. I just think about how many temporal lesser things that we fix our eyes on that just will not matter. Amen. Right? Amen. And, and I'm just reminded and, and challenged and convicted in that way as I read this passage too. And as we, in light of the topic of hope, um, I've just getting my eyes on what matters. You Amen. Know? Amen. Yeah. Well, I, I could talk to you about hope all day, Tasha, but I am super <laughs> excited to ask you a few fun Advent questions okay, before we I'm go. <laughs> and so hard right turn into, okay. into some fun. So I wonder... What is maybe your favorite Advent or Christmas tradition that you love to do with your family? Okay, so I'll give you a spiritual one, and then I'll give you a fun one. Is oh, that, I love that. Can we okay, do that? That's a wonderful. Lot? Okay, so our church, and we've I've raised my kids at Prestonwood, and I have not always been on staff there, but we have been here for most of our married life, and all of our married life. So we have a Christmas Eve service, candlelight service. Oh, I know yeah. a lot of churches do that. I do not think there may have been one or two that we have maybe missed along the way. I can't think of them. I do feel like there was like one year I was super pregnant or something like that. And we just, yeah. but for the most part, that is, we do not miss that. And so it's always Christmas Eve candlelight service and then coming home and big ham dinner on Christmas Eve mm. with the whole family. And that's become so much more fun now that we have son-in-laws. And even last year, oh, one of I our son-in-laws, his family came over. And so it's just like the table's gotten bigger. And so I love that. Mm. Christmas Eve, I always really, really look forward to. But then a fun one that doesn't have as much spiritual uh, grounding is that every year when we go on vacation, I get... Um, uh, I can't think of the or ornaments. Look at me. I did it. Yeah, <laughs> I found the word ornaments. I get Christmas tree ornaments for I all my kids. That. And what's fun now is, you know, I've got two married daughters that have yes. moved out and have their own life. And so it's it's fun now to just think that like I'm populating another tree and I, I always that. write them a letter. And um, and I've been able to do that with the son-in-laws and just something I've loved about them that year Aww. or something I've seen God grow in them. And I always put that in their um, stockings. And so I love, I, that's just that's something so I look fun, forward Tasha. to. Like part of vacation is, okay, where are we going to find the, the ornaments? Yes, so that's so I fun. I love that. I love that. I love that tradition so much. That's so fun. Okay. 
So do you have a favorite recipe that you make during the Christmas season? And would you be willing to share it with us? I will. Okay. Okay. So this is, I can tell you this one's super easy. I am major big on making your own cranberry sauce. Okay. Uh, Yes, ma'am. Yes, so we do not do we canned do not buy cranberry the canned sauce. Stuff. That's no, right. There's no need. It's not for the it. same. It's no. not the same. Okay, so I get a cup of water. Okay. Um, this is going to sound terrible, but also a cup of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas. A bag. It's Christmas. Thank you. A bag of cranberries. I usually squeeze about one full orange, or oh, if you yeah. just need the little cuties, the, just the orange juice into it. Cinnamon, nutmeg, mm. grate up some fresh ginger. Okay. okay. Just a little bit of fresh ginger, and um, and then lots. Did I already say cinnamon? Lots of cinnamon. Okay, got and it. And then, um, you know, I love to get the girls over. I've done this with them since they were little. Like, bring them over to the stove, and like we watch the cranberries oh, go yeah. pop, pop, pop. And <laughs> so it's that's just, so, so that's, fun. But here's the thing: I put it like you can use it in so many things. I put it over cream cheese and get like crackers yes. and serve it like that. Of course, you can do it with your traditional, you know, dressing and turkey and ham and all that stuff. But um, I'll even sometimes take a little bit and put it over toast and yeah so Mm, all the things I love cranberry stuff I love that I had I think there were three or four of them a couple of them passed away early in my life so I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with them but they were called the great aunts on my dad's side of the family and the great aunts had their cranberry sauce recipe that they made every Christmas and so my mom has now carried on the tradition of making the great aunts cranberry sauce okay but this is this is more of a like gelatinous okay situation okay. right and there's fresh orange cranberry and pecans like little chipped Ooh, up pecans. pecans would be good yeah, yeah. but it's pecans very orangey very cranberry e. it's so good so we might yeah. even share if i can get my mom to share it with us we might even share that one in the advent book that don't we make the, have available. the don't make the so, great ants roll over in their grave though rebecca i think that generation think did not share their recipes it's true but if i i, th- I think they would be willing to share this one if the spirit so, leads your mom i'm just saying i'm leaving it up to robin uh, Robin right. will decide, do we right. feel comfortable sharing this at large with the public? <laughs> well, so, if Robin feels hopefully, comfortable, please, you've got my email, okay? So. Yes, I will send it to you for sure. So, I, yeah, I have I have big feelings about cranberry sauce, too, so I'm glad that we, that we share that. That's so fun. <laughs> well, I have loved sharing this episode with you. There is one more question that I ask every guest that comes on the show, Radical Radiance. We have a heart to just help women see what it looks like to radiate the heart of Jesus in our life, our work, our marriages, our relationship throughout the Advent season and always. And so the question I love asking in this season of your life, Tasha, I wonder how you would answer the question, what about Jesus makes you radiant? I think it's his grace. I think I am probably not a naturally... Um, graceful person. I kind of, I mean, I'm not saying I'm super harsh, but I think it left to my own devices, left to my flesh. I would be like, well, you know, that's okay, but maybe do better next time. <laughs> you know, like, I, and I don't know I, about that. You were lovely. <laughs> well, I just, 
especially in my own family. And I think that's kind of where yeah. I'm, you know, kind of sure. where I'm orienting this. This I just think that's right. when I can look at one of my children that's messed up or look at my husband who who is so amazing. But, you know, we, we get on each other's nerves at times. And I yeah. can extend grace. The I mean, I can just see that I have been the hands and feet of Jesus to mm. them, that you can see it on their face. And I just think that's not in response to me. That's to Jesus shining and radiating yeah. through me. And so I just pray, I pray often that God's grace would just yeah. would just move through me and yeah. um, and direct my steps and help me to have eyes to see and just remind me of how much how much grace I've received. Oh my goodness. So much, so much grace. So I think that's, I think that's where I would say, I just, I also just as a side note, that verse in John chapter one, 16, that says out of the fullness of his grace, Mm. he has blessed us all giving us blessings to one another. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of that picture of that, that in his fullness of grace, he blesses us and then it's a blessing to others. And I want to be, I want to radiate God's blessings over other people. Yeah, yeah that's such even a good at reminder. the mall when it's crowded and even at very the mall when it's crowded, and it's so hard to show grace in that yeah. parking lot and when everybody's just trying to get. Yeah, yeah, yes, I completely. So agree. even then, <laughs> even then, and even and especially then, even I love and that. especially that's good. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Well, I want you to share with everyone, where can they connect with you? Where can they grab all the awesome resources that you and Preston Wood are putting out? I would love for you to just take a minute and share all of that with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm pretty easy to find. So I'm on Instagram and I think I'm Tiz Tasha Calvert, but you should be able to find me pretty easily. I've got a website, TashaCalvert.com, but all of our resources we make available. Prestonwood has been very generous. So if you have a study group or a church that is looking for resources, we have, like I said, around I think 11 studies at this point. We make all of those available um, with the study guides and the teaching videos and all of that um, free of charge. So um, you can go to PrestonWood.org forward slash women and reach out uh, to one of our women's ministry team. We've got our emails on the page and we would be happy to to help you in any way. And then you can um, come listen. You go listen to Rebecca's episode on my podcast, Digging In yes. with Tasha Calvert. And um, you'll get to hear our conversation there. So that's, I drop episodes every Tuesday. And so lots of fun. I love that. You have an awesome podcast as well. So I'd love for our listeners to go check that out. Well, I have loved this episode that we got to share together. It's so fun to get to reconnect with you. And we're speaking at the same event this fall. And so I'm excited to get to hug your neck in person. And so it's been just fun to bring in new friends that I have not introduced our podcast audience to. And so I just have loved talking about hope with you today. So thanks for joining me. So honored. Thank you so much for joining us for this special Advent series called Prepare Him Room here on the Radical Radiance podcast. I hope this conversation with Tasha Calvert has left your heart brimming with hope and anticipation for the Advent season. Don't forget to grab your copy of Prepare Him Room, Radical Radiance Interactive Advent Devotional on Amazon today. It's a wonderful companion for diving deeper into these four Advent themes, complete with journal prompts, scripture for reflection, recipes, and more to celebrate this season with intention. 
As we close out today's episode, I want to invite you to hit that subscribe button so you can stay connected with all of the conversations we're having over here on Radical Radiance. And make sure to share this episode with a friend if it encouraged you. Next episode, I'll be back with a conversation all about peace where I sit down with my friend, Shannon Popkin. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you then. 